When you have questions about guns, the shooting sports, or your rights, where do you turn? Do what the pros do. When they have questions, they go to Tom Gresham's Gun Talk. Tom hosts several programs on the Outdoor Channel, is a noted book author and magazine editor, and he hosts the first and only national talk radio show pertaining to these issues. You can participate by calling 1-800-TALK-GUNS and join us in the chat room at guntalk.com. Now, prepare yourself for a no-nonsense, straightforward approach to firearms and related topics. Tom Gresham's Gun Talk. This is a reloaded version of a previously broadcast gun talk. There's more to life than just guns. There's ammo and reloading equipment and hunting gear and trucks and ATVs and barbecue. You're listening to Tom Gresham's Gun Talk, brought to you by the Outdoor Channel. Well, there may be more to life than guns, but... Why would we care? Hey, welcome to Gun Talk. I'm Tom Gresham, and we're visiting with the folks out here at Gunsight in northern Arizona, having a good time up here in the, the high desert, as we call it. We're about 5,000 feet here, aren't we? Visiting with Jane Ann Hewland and Ed Head from Gunsight. Gunsight.com on the Internet if you'd like to take a look at that. It's a, uh, a real first-class I mean, even beyond that, this is this is university level when it comes to shooting training, guys. You you've really got the thing figured out. Um, Ed, let me ask you. We're going to jump right in. Oh, by the way, our number here is eight six six Talk Guns. If you'd like to join us, if you've got any questions for the folks here about personal defense or uh, or shooting techniques, we'll certainly do that. Uh, one of the things I know that you get here is you get some people coming through classes here who work for branches or organizations in the military that actually don't exist, those, those things that people can't talk about. And um, what kind of – how good are these guys? Well, some of them are very, very, very good. Um, and sometimes they come here because they need to do a specific task or job, and they need a place to come rehearse it or to practice it or to learn particular skills. Just as an, as an example, uh, down near our York Rifle Range, there's a big concrete wall there with a big, huge round hole in it. And a group of guys came here. Uh, they had uh, told us in advance that this wall had to be built to a certain specification. And they came here for an explosive breaching class. And the whole idea was they had to be able to knock this particular hole in this particular wall. They had a specific mission they were training for. Then they went somewhere and they did something. They went somewhere and they did something. And we don't know where or what. No, we don't. <laughs> but you train people like that. Yes, sir, we do. But you also train people who've never picked up a gun before. Yep. And, and really, that's what Gunsight was founded for. I think Colonel Cooper's vision when he started uh, Gunsight was to train civilian shooters, beginning shooters, people like that. And I think he was mildly surprised when later on the military and the police became very interested in what we do here. One of the things that uh, I know people are thinking back there, well, can anybody go there? I don't want to train. I don't want them training the bad guys. We don't train bad guys. We only train good guys, and we have a credentialing policy to make sure that only good guys come here. We want to make sure that we're not teaching the bad guys these kinds of skills, and we also want to make sure that when you're here for a class, you don't have to worry about uh, taking it with a, a bad guy. Yeah, who's next to you on the line. There. Exactly. Okay. Uh, let's take a call here. Let's see. Uh, line three, Brant's with us out of West Virginia. That's hey, Wyoming. Brant. That's Wyoming. Oh, Wyoming. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes, of course it's Wyoming. Sorry about that. Yeah, I had a question. I'm looking for a, a rifle course, um, but I don't want something that I, you know, like for a semi-auto AR or for a thousand-yard tactical shooting. I'm looking for like mm -hmm. a 450-yard hunting rifle course. 
Boy, have you called the right place. <laughs> you stumbled into it this time. Yeah, we've got that. Not only do we have it, but after you've learned exactly what you need to learn with your rifle, we have simulators that have 3D life-size animal targets in them. So if you're going to go hunt Cape Buffalo, or if you're going to hunt elephant, or if you're going to hunt... You have a life-size elephant? Yes, we do. We have two life-size Two life-size elephant targets. Yes. And the woman that we built them for got her elephant in one shot at 300 yards right there. Oh, my gosh. Now, Ed, what do you call this class? 270. The general rifle class is just perfect for what this gentleman is looking for. And uh, it's for sporting and uh, hunting-type uh, uh, rifle uh, shooters, as well as there's a defensive aspect of it as well. Okay. Brand, is that what you're looking for? Yeah, I think it is. Okay, I tell you what, go online, take a look at gunsight.com. Uh, it'll have the information there. There are a number of people who come here and get ready for hunting season. Everybody, I don't know what the deal is. Americans think that they're all riflemen. Not true, and there are some techniques that can make a world of difference in terms of you know, making shots, shooting positions, picking your shot, uh, using uh, rest, you know, makeshift rest, whether it's a log, a backpack, or whatever it happens to be, those kind of things that, yeah, you could get that if you hunted for 20 or 30 years and get the experience, or you can come here, and how long is this class? The 270 class is five days, five and then class. if you want to do some advanced training along those lines, we have what we call hunter prep which is a three-day class, which will specifically get you ready for a big game hunt. How about if somebody wants some private training? We do that all the time. We have tutorial classes here at Gunsight, and we can design a one-day, a three-day, a five-day, a ten-day class, whatever, for you or your group of people, and all you have to do is get a hold of us, and uh, we'll put it together for you. You said group of people. It occurs to me... Somebody may own a, a company or may want to bring a, a company group in. Do they do that? Yeah, we get people to come here for corporate retreats. Really? Yeah, and we have. Oh, that uh, would be cool. We have other people that are. And these are real cool bosses. This is the kind yeah, of guy really. you want to work for. They bring their employees here as a as, a, as kind of a bonus or a, a present and bring them here for a class. Team building. You bet. You Why bet. not? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, everybody. I mean, we've talked about this before. When you come here, you go through these classes. You come away with one a sense of. Um, I don't know, it's a self-reliance, I guess, but also a sense of, okay, I've been with other people, and we have all seen the light. It's like this epiphany. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so many people in this country, in the world, I guess, uh, are so used to thinking, you know, I've got to depend upon the government, I've got to depend upon somebody else, you know, the way you protect yourself is you call 911, and you're told all that, and at the same time you're thinking in the back of your head, you're knowing, this doesn't work. This is a stupid idea. I mean, to depend upon that alone, I mean, certainly you use that as one of your tools, but this just doesn't work. And then all of a sudden they find out, wow, there's another way. I have a quote in my calendar that says, criminals fear victims holding guns, not victims holding phones. (laughs) And that is so true. That'll work. That'll work. Oh, this is a good one. Let's take our line four. We've got some help coming in here. Chris is also in Wyoming. Hey, Chris. Hey, Chris, you up there? I guess Chris went, uh, I tell you what, put, 
Chris on hold. He put his phone down. He he found us another one of those llamas, uh, pistols we're trying to run down for one of our callers, and we'll we'll get that thing back. Our number here is eight six six Talk Guns. It's eight six six Talk Guns. Tell you what, uh, we'll come back. We'll give out the information on how you can get some of these uh, gun site calendars. You can get a free calendar. Also, if you'd like to join us on the chat room, just go to guntalk.com. It's guntalk.com. You click on chat. And you can join the folks who are chatting away over there. I'm Tom Gresham, and this is Gun Talk. Hey, want to get that huge Brownells catalog for free? Now you can get this source for parts, cleaning products, gunsmith supplies, and tools for just a phone call. Brownells is famous for selection, service, and satisfaction. Tell them you heard about it on Tom Gresham's Gun Talk, and they'll send it to you for free. Call 1-800-741-0015. 1-800-741-0015. 1-800-741-0015. The Brownells catalog for free. 1-800-741-0015. When you're tired of compromises, when you want the best, when you demand performance that's worth the price, grab a Benelli. Serious shooters agree, the most durable, the most reliable auto-loading shotgun is Benelli. Benelli uses the kinetic energy of the shot shell for safe, clean, and reliable functioning. The rotating bolt head locks up for strength and safety. The Benelli Black Eagle sets the standard for reliability in auto-loaders. Competition shooters and hunters around the world rave about the Black Eagle's quick handling. The incredible Super Black Eagle was the first auto-loading shotgun to handle the massive 3.5-inch Magnum 12-gauge shot shell. But it can digest 3-inch Magnum and even standard loads without so much as a hiccup. The Super Black Eagle remains a standard for waterfowlers, the folks who use their shotguns in the toughest of conditions. Also check out the superb handling Super 90 or the fast and lightweight Montefeltro 20-gauge. No matter which Benelli you choose, you're getting the best. Benelli, performance worth the price. Taurus Millennium Pistols feature lightweight, ease of use, and reliability. Now add raw 45 caliber power to that with the incredible PT-145, a subcompact auto with a full 10-round magazine. The PT-145 has a manual safety, the Taurus security system, and a great price. Only 23 ounces. The polymer frame, double action, only PT-145 is the best value in a compact 45. And you can get it with night sights. Check out the PT-145 at TAURUSUSA.com. This is a reloaded version of a previously broadcast gun talk. It's all about the passion, isn't it? That's what we're talking about here. Having some fun. Hey, 866-TALK-GUNS is how you reach us here, 866-TALK-GUNS. I'm Tom Gresham. The show is Gun Talk. We're visiting with Jane Ann Hewlin, Ed Head from Gunsight. Uh, give out the information on your calendars again. We'll send you a calendar if you contact us at gunsite.com. That's G-U-N-S-I-T-E. Okay. Dot com. Gunsite at gunsite.com. Send an email to gunsite at gunsite.com. Yes, or call 928-636-4565. Okay, and the, the calendar is full of pictures that you took personally? Pictures that I took personally, okay. great quotes, all your holidays it's, it's, are on it's here. It's a fun calendar, yeah. it really is. And it's got a lot of information about the classes and, you know, if you want some background on gun sight, it's, it's essentially it's the catalog as well as being the calendar. That's right. And it's actually got a, Ooh, a got huge a map. Uh, map in the very beginning of it that shows you a picture of gun sight we took from the air and tells you where all the ranges are. And that's kind of cool to look at. How many ranges? 22 ranges, plus or minus if we have some closed or open, but right. 22 basically. Tell me about this vet shoot you have going on this week. 
Well, uh, starting Monday, we're doing a free class for Gulf War veterans. We do several of those a year, uh, a carbine class and a pistol class uh, at a minimum. And if uh, an individual has served over there in the sandbox, mm -hmm. uh, one of the ways we would like to thank them for their service uh, to our country is to provide them with a free class. I understand that uh, you had a few people fall out this time. Yeah. What's going on? Well, they get deployed. Yeah, some, sometimes they get deployed. They're getting, they have to, they're getting called up, aren't they? Yeah, they sign up for the class, and they have to call us up and say, hey, I'm sorry, we have to go. Yeah. Things like that happen quite often. Sure. And when we do these vets classes, the instructors also uh, who teach these, and, they, and they, they fight over getting to teach these classes, they all volunteer their time. They don't get really? paid to come teach these classes. Interesting. You have uh, a fair number of your instructors who either are active or reserve or retired military. Absolutely. What do they bring to this? They, well, of course they bring their experience, and especially when we're dealing with our military clients, they have the credibility to be able to speak to them because they've been there, done that kind of people. Yeah. I would imagine people who are coming back from over there don't want to hear somebody tell them what to do if they've never been there. Exactly. That's yeah. right. And so the, the, the experience base our instructors bring to the training here at Gunsight is just invaluable. I think if you, if you added it all up, we have, I don't know, 2,000 years of training experience in our instructor <laughs> staff, something like that. Yeah. Tell you what, let's take another call here. Richard's on line five in Nevada. Richard, welcome to Gun Talk. Yeah, uh, my main concern, I've, I've listened to the show and I haven't heard anybody mention yet whether or not the uh, students are taught the legal aspects of firearms, whether they're taught the differences between misdemeanors and felonies, when to shoot, when to don't shoot. That's an excellent question. We we liked the attitude of shoot them all and let God sort it out. <laughs> not really. No. <laughs> no, of course. Ed, let me let you take this. Sure. We, we deal with the legal and moral aspects of shooting uh, in, in the classes. We don't teach specific laws because we, our clients come from all over the world, and uh, it's very difficult for us to talk about laws in, in specific localities. But we do talk about these in general. We talk about use of force uh, continuums and things of that nature. And, again, we must make sure that our students be, are able to discriminate between deadly threats and those that aren't, and we do that partly in the simulators. We want how, do you, how do you do that in the simulators? With shoot and no-shoot targets. There are targets in the simulators that are not a threat. They, they don't, have, not, don't have a weapon. Don't have a weapon. Empty hands, or you, you turn a corner and you got a one, one woman maybe holding a gun and another one's holding a baby. That's exactly right. Okay. And it's very important that our students are able to discriminate between what is a deadly threat and what isn't. The other thing, Richard, and, and Ed, if you would address this with Richard, is... It's amazing how many times through the course of five days you're talking about avoidance, recognizing the threat and getting away from it and avoiding it, not looking for You don't come out of this class saying, well, gee, now I know how to handle a gun. I'm going to go look for a fight. Exactly the opposite. Exactly the opposite. As I said earlier, the best gunfight is the one you don't attend. And if we can avoid these situations, if we can, if we can keep from ever being in these kinds of situations, that's our goal. Does that help, Richard? Helps a lot. Thanks. All right, appreciate the call. It's a good point. You know, we forget there's some things that, you know, are inherent. I mean, it, these areas are covered every day in every class that you teach here. I mean, it's, it's part of every discussion. It's avoidance. It's uh, recognition avoidance. You know, what's the law? Was it a real threat? Did you see a weapon? If there's no weapon, you're not shooting. If it didn't represent a threat to you. And that... That goes on hour by hour here, and it's just interesting that we take it for granted so much we forgot to mention it. 
you know, in our, uh, I mentioned the different levels of, of uh, training in the pistol classes, and the highest level class we do is called advanced tactics. Mm-hmm. By the time you finish our advanced tactics class, we do so many force-on-force simulations. What you should get out of that, what you should learn, is, for example, you walk into the 7-Eleven, it's being robbed, get out. Right. Don't pull the gun and try to tear you're, down the bank. You're not Don't. the good Samaritan. You're not the, the, you know, the lone ranger here. When, for, explain force on force. People may not know what that term is. We use a, uh, we use a cartridge called UTM, uh, Universal Training Munitions. Uh, it's similar to what you may have heard of, uh, simunitions mm-hmm. and, and rounds like that. And what we do in these force on force scenarios is there are role players. We place you in a situation. And then you have to react to what happens. Okay, 7-Eleven. You're in the 7-Eleven. And there's a robbery. Robbery. And you're in the back buying milk. Exactly. And you've got your gun with you, and there's a bad guy up front, and he's just beating the tar out of this clerk back there. She's screaming her head off. And now what do you do? That's the situation you put somebody in. Those kinds of situations. Uh, They involve carjackings, uh, uh, workplace violence. Mm-hmm. things of that nature, the kinds of things our people are, are probably going to encounter or may encounter at some time, mm-hmm. and we teach you how to handle those kinds of situations. And every one of them has a solution that doesn't involve shooting. Some of them may involve shooting. The role players may force you into a situation where you, you must go ahead and react with deadly force. But every one of the ones we do has a solution that does not involve deadly force. I remember a story told about some course you had here where people would come in and I don't remember the exact details but there was a scenario set up and there was an alley and you had to go through and all of this and there were bad guys and uh, one guy got there got to the, the start of the alley and looked down there and turned around and ran Go good, the other good way. answer yes. good answer to this situation why would you go in there if you know there's a problem in there that's exactly right I was in a scenario once and Ed was my instructor and <laughs> this guy was laying it was an outdoor scenario the guy was laying by an old tree stump and I could see his rifle and he's screaming hey lady hey lady help me help me and I said I'll call 911 and I just headed straight ahead I got out my phone and I was ducking behind a tree to call 911, and there was another bad guy in the tree who shot me. I will never forget the experience, and I will never do that again. I will always look before I duck behind anything. So I was half right, and then I was very wrong. But you know what? You were only half dead. The experience was huge for me because now I am so aware of everything around me. What's the old line? Wolves travel in packs, Mm -hmm. and bad guys... Very often, or you know, there's a second one out there that you may not know about. And if you pull, if you pull your gun in our 7-Eleven scenario, the guy in the other room you didn't know about is probably going to get you. Ah, okay, mm-hmm. okay. Say you are real world. You're in a 7-Eleven, or even better, you're in a restaurant. Somebody comes in a small cafe. Somebody comes in, robs the place. You've got the gun. You've got the training, and by golly, you're right there, and they're robbing your good buddy who runs this cafe. What do you do? Well, you know, when I was a law enforcement officer, you were in a situation where you were compelled to act. Now that I'm retired, for example, I have to look at that from the standpoint of what is the risk to myself, my family, the people who are with me if I start a gunfight in this restaurant? What about innocent people? Uh, probably, the be- and it's very situational, but probably the best advice is unless it becomes a direct threat to you or your, or your friends and family, or unless someone uh, is losing their life and you feel that you can stop it, it's probably better not to do anything. And see, there are a lot of people who are listening who are thinking, well, these guys teach gunfighting. They're going to encourage you to go get into a gunfight. And it's been my experience that the more training you get, 
the less you ever want to be involved in any kind of situation like this. I mean, you will, you will do anything to avoid getting into a situation like this. I mean, I'll drive around to the other side of town. You know, people say, well, you got your license and you got your gun. And now that, you know, you can go in and go through the bad part of town. Oh, no, no, you don't understand. I'm going to go even farther away from the bad Mm -hmm. part of town. And one thing our instructors really hit home on with me in my very first mental conditioning class was, this is something you have to live with for the rest of your life. And you better make darn sure you're right. And it's not a game. Carrying a gun is not a game. It's a very serious thing. And we do, I think, a good job of making people reflect on, okay, if I do this, what's life going to be like after that? Because you have to live with it. That's right. You know, that's actually one of the things I talk about in the concealed carry class that I do with uh, the local range is talking about the aftermath. Let's talk about, all right, you had to do it. This is what happened. Not only the long term, but the immediate, what's going to happen in the next five minutes what's going to happen in the next 30 minutes you know yes the police are going to get there they probably have been told there was a shooting and there's a man with a gun do you want to be the man with the gun when they roll up and you got this 21 year old guy fresh out of the academy and he's scared to death and he's coming around the corner with his finger on the trigger of his gun no i don't want to be the guy standing there with a gun that's right. Those kind of things. And it's not just surviving. It's not just avoiding or then surviving the gunfight. It's surviving the aftermath. You bet. And there, there are the legal consequences of that. There are the consequences of, of standing there with a gun when the police arrive. And you need to know how to handle those things. Emotional. Emotional. Yes. Tremendous. And, you know, when you pull a trigger on somebody, you drop a hammer on somebody, uh, you're never going to be the same person. Well, I mean, you're back in your life forever. You, you, you've been through this. You know people who have done this. I mean... And we say that, and I don't know that people fully understand what we're talking about. And, of course, the other side of that is you always say, but, again, remember, that's problem number two. You've got to get through this immediate situation. And if there's three guys wailing on you with tie irons, you've got to do what you've got to do. And then we'll work out the rest of it later. Right. What about the deal of uh, people say, well, you know, you had a gun, he had a knife, and you shot him. All he had was a knife. If people saw what you can do with a knife, they would they would not think that way. I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday about this. He's a paramedic. He said, Tom, he says, you know, he says, you ask any paramedic out there, you ask any cop, uh, a guy with a knife, if that doesn't scare you, you just haven't seen what he can do. I, I think I'd rather be shot than cut. I, I really I really feel that way. Uh, we teach a, a thing here that we call it the 21-foot rule. I think it ought to the be Tuller expanding. Drill. The Tuller drill, mm-hmm. which was developed here at Gunsight. Huh. Uh, but, yeah, you've got to stay away from people with those knives. And if they're close enough to where they can get to you, uh, they're a terrible deadly I threat. agree. I think 21 feet's too close. Yeah. I'm, I'm going out to 30 feet. I'm calling it a good even 10 yards. You get inside of that, and uh, all bets are off. You bet. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's do this. Uh, for the free calendar, uh, you, send, you get an email at Email gunsight at gunsight.com mm-hmm. or 928-636-4565. Or you can go on eBay and you can buy last year's for $5. There you go. <laughs> this is a smart test, and we're going to see how many people fail. 866-TALK-GUNS, 866-TALK-GUNS. I'm Tom Gresham. This is Gun Talk. This is a reloaded version of a previously broadcast Gun Talk. Hey, welcome back. 866 Talk Guns. I'm Tom Gresham. The show is Gun Talk, and we are live from Gunsight out in Arizona. Gunsight.com to get the information on that. Taking your calls, comments, and questions. We're having some fun conversations. Ed, you were mentioning, uh, I asked you, you have, because uh, the conversation before was about knives, and, you know, if an attacker has a knife, and it's a very real threat. 
uh, you're talking about your instructor out here. You teach edged weapons classes, you know, use of knives. Yes, we have an edged weapons one and an edged weapons two. They're two-day classes. We usually run them back-to-back if people would like to take uh, all four days. What can a person expect to get out of that? They're going to they're gonna get a, a real respect for what a blade can do. That's, that's the first thing. Uh, but also how to defend yourself against an edged weapon attack. And then how, if you have an edged weapon, to use it effectively to uh, to defend yourself. Because there are a lot of people who live in an area where can't carry a gun, or for whatever reason choose not to carry a gun, but you may be able to have a knife with you. And you know, if you have a uh, a good flashlight and a good knife, it's a whole lot better than not having anything. And there's a lot of places you can't take your gun. Right. They might, you know, have metal detectors as you're walking in but if you have your knife at least you have some kind of protection well and think about if you're visiting uh new york city can't take a gun in new york city but you can have a knife in your pocket you can have a surefire light in your pocket you can have a a, a few things you know and i guess that's one of the questions i was going to ask because people don't know you teach a whole lot more than just using guns are these other techniques knives flashlights sprays you teach that Yes, we do. We, we don't do a spe- specific chemical weapon class. We don't, we don't do that except, uh, oh, we do have one about bear spray. Yeah. Bear spray. Yeah, we teach, uh, we pe- teach a bear defense class, believe it or not. Predator defense. Predator defense. Really? And it has to do with uh, defending yourself against things like bears. More interest in that now. I know that there are more people coming in contact with mountain lions and, and you know, yeah. that type of thing. Some of our hunter uh, clients uh, take that class. But wh- where it actually got started is we started doing a class for scientists of the U.S. Geological Survey. Now, these guys are running around in Alaska. They're scientists. They're not gunners. Sure. But they're carrying things like 454 casules, 44 magnums, shotguns, 30 out 6 With no training. 4570 lever guns. Yeah, with no training. And they have to defend themselves against some of these big predatory animals from time to time. So that's where that class actually grew out of. Funniest story I ever heard about that. When I lived in Alaska, uh, Chet Brown, Brown Precision, make the stocks, were the first company to make uh, fiberglass stocks along with Lee Six. They were selling a bunch of their fiberglass stocks to the Forest Service for these guys to use in the Songus National Forest because you bears everywhere. And they're at 375 and 458. And they said, well, to make it available so you can pick it up, if you put it down, you can find it, they, they did bright orange stocks on them. And they said that worked great except that they were constantly being hounded by hummingbirds as they carried these things through the woods. <laughs> now, there's unintended consequences for you. That's interesting. I've seen some of the uh, 870 shotguns with the orange stocks like that for that purpose. You know, of course, basic rule is don't put it down, but the truth is if you're having to do forestry or archaeology or whatever you're doing, you are going to put it down. Mm-hmm. The, the, the great fear, of course, is you're going to hear this bear go, woof. You turn around and you're sitting on top of your shotgun. Mm-hmm. This is a bad thing. We're having a bad day already here. You know, I, I recently heard that there are, uh, you can hire uh, guards if you're fishing up in Alaska. You can hire these guys to stand on the stream bank there, and uh, they're supposed to keep the bears away from you. Yeah. And as you know, the cover there is often pretty thick, and sometimes you don't know you've got a bear until it's right on top of you. I don't know if I'd like that job. Who signs on to be a bear guard? Yeah. No kidding. Uh, let's do this. Pick up... Um, Line 5, Adam's up in Pennsylvania. Hello, Adam, here on Gun Talk. Hello, thank you. Uh, I've got a Bushmaster AR-15. I uh, shot about 500 rounds through it so far, maybe 600, and it has a terrible feeding problem. Some rounds it just can't even uh, 
can't even take a 55 grain uh, Winchester doesn't feed at all so I'm shooting some 62 grain NATO surplus rounds and it'll fail to feed at one in 60 shots I've changed magazines I've uh, loaded 28 in the magazine and it still does it I was wondering what the cause is and what can I do about it let me ask you a question have you addressed this with Bushmaster uh, not yet no well that's always my first if you I was going to say change magazines, but you've already done that. After that, give the manufacturer a chance to make it right. They don't want you to have a gun. They, they definitely do not want you calling in on a national radio talk show and saying, my Bushmaster doesn't work right. If I guarantee you, if you call them, they will say, send it back. We will make it work. Guarantee you. There's not a gun company in the country that doesn't want to stand behind its product. Yep. Give them a chance to make it right, Okay. Okay. Uh, one last question. Are there? I hear people talk about inherent flaws in the design of these, but then I hear other people say that they make them run top notch. Is what's the truth in that? You mean in the design of an AR? Yeah, that, that it might just be in, you know inherently fouling continuously or. or... Yeah, we see. You know, in our uh, carbine classes, we probably see more malfunctions than in any of the other classes uh, that we run here at Gunsight. Some of the people show up with guns built out of various parts that just don't work together very well. Uh, sometimes we'll see uh, a Bushmaster that doesn't work very well or a Colt that doesn't work very well. But I cannot characterize one brand as is as, uh, as, as, uh, being problematic. I really can't. And, and the AR design is solid. The AR design is, is, is pretty solid, but the problem is it's, it's a gas blowback system right. that's running at real high temperature. And that's why you see, you see HK and some other companies now, uh, Colt as a matter of fact even, working on op-rod uppers and op-rod conversions of these guns. So that they work more like the M1 Garand, mm -hmm. the M14. Those guns were more reliable because they didn't run off this high-pressure, high-temperature gas. And so there's a movement towards moving back in that direction. Interesting. You know, <laughs> we had something that worked. We moved away from it. That was kind of like the 1911. Mm -hmm. You know, and now the military is going to go back to the 1911. We hope. We may be. We're, we're going to go back to something, or at least a 45. At least, yeah. Hey, thanks for the call. I appreciate that, uh, Adam. Uh, AR-15s. People say, what's well, a rifle? Why would you use that for, for personal protection? That rifles are for long-range work. Not always so. No, the AR-15 actually was developed initially as a carbine. It's supposed to be a relatively short range, easy to carry. It was made for air crew survival to begin with for the Air Force. And then uh, started being introduced into Vietnam, became very popular over there. Uh, but it's a carbine. It's not a rifle uh, caliber is the way we like to look at it. Okay. And uh, it's, it's become very, very popular for uh, self-defense. It's become very popular, I guess, because of the military application for police now. Mm -hmm. There's a big movement in the police field to go to patrol carbines, especially after the uh, West Hollywood Bank That's shooting right. out in Los Angeles. Well, they, had to, they had to go into the gun store and borrow a bunch of guns. The exactly. police did. That's exactly right, because they, were, they just weren't effective with what they had. And so there's a big movement to go towards uh, the patrol carbine as opposed to a shotgun now in police uh, ranks. great many people out there are hunters. They say, well, I don't know how to shoot a rifle. I don't need training in this. My answer to that is always, this is not about hitting the target. I mean, really honestly, I would say half of pretty much every class you have here is not about hitting the target. It's about moving, communicating, finding cover, you know, staying out of the situation in the first place. You know, you try to stay out of it, and then if you get into it, try to get out of it. And if you can't get out of it, then deal with it with a gun. 
But yeah. it's kind of like, you know, this is like the, the third or fourth or fifth option is actually pull the trigger. Exactly so. And a lot of what we deal with here is the manipulation of the firearm. And this is something that a lot of trainers don't really deal with a, a, a great deal. What, uh, what do you mean exactly? How you, you know, how you load, how you clear malfunctions, how you clear stoppages, how you unload the weapon, how you handle it. Will the techniques that you're using work under stress when you're having a massive stress reaction, when your hands are slippery or bloody, uh, when you're moving and shooting and running or in the rain or in the mud or wherever you might be? In the dark. In the dark. Do, do the skills you're being taught with these handguns for, or rifles, defensive uh, weapons, work when you're having that stress reaction and you've lost your fine motor skills? Yeah. And you're working with large muscle groups and gross motor skills and things of this nature. And if the training is not appropriate, you're not going to do very well because here's what happens. People think they rise to the occasion. No, you default to your level of training. And if the training hasn't been appropriate, you're in a world of hurt. And as someone who has actually been in a situation where my training has deserted me under one of those types of situations back in my law enforcement career, I can tell you that's a bad, bad thing. And one of two things is going to happen. You're either going to panic, then you're probably going to die, or you're going to fight your way through the problem and develop a new plan. And the new plan is getting better training. <laughs> it better be. <laughs> and so what we try to do at Gunsight is we're always refining what we're doing here and making sure it's appropriate for those kinds of situations. So you don't really have doctrine here. We have a very strong core doctrine, a very solid core doctrine based on the modern technique of the pistol, but it continues to evolve. Okay. All right. Hold on. Let's take a quick break here, guys. Uh, 866-TALK-GUNS. It's 866-TALK-GUNS is how you get a hold of us. And, yeah, the chat room is still up and running. Go to guntalk.com. You click on chat and join the folks who are having fun over there. I'm Tom Gresham, and this is Gun Talk. This portion of Gun Talk is brought to you by Harrington and Richardson, H&R 1871, America's single-shot experts. Hunting is an ancient and respected tradition, and the skilled and self-confidence single-shot hunter represents the pinnacle of that tradition. For generations, Harrington and Richardson has contributed to the success of that hunter. When one shot has to count, hunters count on Harrington and Richardson, H&R 1871. Hey shooters, Taurus does it again. This time they've recreated the most famous gallery gun of all time. The Winchester Model 62 Pump Action 22 Rimfire. Only now it's even better. Sure, the Taurus Model 62 has a classic corncob four-end great wood-to-metal fit and a takedown action, but now it has a more reliable feeding mechanism, button rifling for accuracy, and the built-in Taurus security system. Check out the Taurus Model 62 and the Model 72 in 22 Magnum at TAURUSUSA.com. World champion marksman Doug Koenig shoots his firearms 100,000 times every year. Doug has never had a firearm accident. And thanks to Project ChildSafe, Doug's firearms are safe around his children, too. Project ChildSafe provides free gun locks for your community. Firearm safety is no accident. Project ChildSafe is brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the National Shooting Sports Foundation. For more information, visit our website. ProjectChildSafe.org. You know, I've always liked aperture or peep sights on my rifles. Long ago, I'd remove the insert from the peep on my lever action, throw it away, and use the big hole for super fast shooting. Now, the folks at XS Sights make ghost ring sights that are even better than the ones I used. They're lightning fast, accurate, and they let you keep the trim lines of your lever action hunting rifle. I'm a believer. Now, if you hunt with a scope or use a bolt action, XS Sights has a ghost ring backup sight for you, too. 
If your scope gets damaged, just pop it off and put on Excess Sight's Ghost Ring Backup. It takes only a minute, and you're still hunting with an exceptional sight. You put a lot into each hunt, and it's only smart to have a backup for that all-important sighting system. The Ghost Ring Backup works on most scope mounts, and it can save your hunt. Check it out at XSSights.com. That's XSSights.com. Or call 888-744-4880 and tell them Tom Gresham sent you. This is a reloaded version of a previously broadcast gun talk. 866-TALK-GUNS. That's our number here. Tom Gresham, it's Gun Talk. We're uh, live from Gunsight in Arizona. Uh, we'll go straight to the phones. Line 5, let's pick up uh, Ron in Long Island, New York. Hey, Ron, you're on Gun Talk. How are you, everybody? Good. Oh, I got a quick question. I'll keep it short for you guys. That's okay. What go ahead. Uh, obviously, uh, <laughs> obviously uh, over there at Gunsight, you deal with a lot of civilian, military, and law enforcement people going through the school. Uh, my question is, what is the overall attitude for the military and the police people going through their, your school and what their views on pretty much like civilian gun ownership is? Because I'm, I work in New York as a trooper, and pretty much the majority of the people we deal with, we don't, we don't care if they have guns or not. If they're, you know, as long as they're licensed and everything is legit, it doesn't bother us. But as, as you go towards like New York City, that you know the cops in there have the attitude of, oh, civilians shouldn't have guns. They don't know what they're doing. I mean, what's the hmm. overall, you know, attitude of people coming through your school? Great question. Well, you know, I, I think for the most part it's pretty positive, but we do see people who have uh, the attitude you, you mentioned of, uh, well, I've got a gun, but you shouldn't. Uh, you know, we're, only the police should have guns. But I think for the most part the people who come to Gunsight are overwhelmingly in favor of uh, people being, uh, being armed and, and uh, are supporters of the Second Amendment. Ron, let me let me ask you, Ron, when uh, when you're talking to law enforcement officers and they express this attitude of people, only, you know, basically only the cops should have guns is really what we're hearing here. Do you engage them in that conversation, or is it just wasted time? Well, I, I they waste my time because obviously they're, they're very thick-headed. You know, you know, obviously the police will never always be there. Being one myself. We can't be everywhere at the same time, you know, and everybody's got this impression here like, oh, well, I dial 911, they'll be right here. No. There's, you know, every agency, especially down here where I am, you know, everybody's undermanned. There isn't enough patrols to go around, you know, dial 911 and die. You know? <laughs> out, out, here at, out here at Gunsight, we live in Yavapai County, which is bigger than the state of Rhode Island. It's uh, over 8,000 square miles. It's a big place. And there aren't that many sheriff's deputies out here. And when you call up out here and say, I need some help, it might be a 45-minute wait. So people out here are pretty self-reliant. Well, that's, Thanks, that's, Ron. that's, that's uh, great because I've noticed the same thing with the attitude of the people out west and the people mm -hmm. up state. But, you know, I'm surrounded. You know, I'm trapped here behind enemy lines, you know, being <laughs> in New York, okay? And everybody feels that, oh, well, the police are here. That's why we pay our county cops $110,000 yeah. a year. Uh, they'll be here when I dial. Yeah, I understand. Thanks, Ron. I appreciate it. You know, the um, the attitude that 911 is going to save you is interesting. People have that until, and all you have to do is have like a, a one-minute conversation with people to get them to understand how silly that is. The uh, You say, look, let me just explain to you. Uh, if they get here quickly, they'll be here in five minutes. That would be a good response time. 
Let me beat on you with a tire iron for five minutes. Let me take a knife to you. Let me take a pair of scissors to you. Let me, let me just wail on you for five minutes, and you tell me that that was appropriate. You need A self-defense gun is like a fire extinguisher. It's there to control the situation until you can get help. And that's basically how I look at it. Hold on a second, guys. 866-TALK-GUNS. 866-TALK-GUNS. We're live from Gunsight. Check them out on the Internet, gunsight.com. You can even get a free calendar. We'll tell you about that when we come back. This is Gun Talk. This is a reloaded version of a previously broadcast Gun Talk. You know, I thought we had a deal where, like, the first hundred people who called in would get a free class at Gunsight, but uh, both of these people I'm talking to are wearing guns at the moment, so I couldn't get away with that deal. So we're not, but we do have free calendars for you, right, Jane Ann? Right. Just email us at Gunsight at Gunsight.com, G-U-N-S-I-T-E at Gunsight.com, or call 928-636-4565. Okay. Sounds like a plan. Uh, what's the availability these days? You you guys are getting pretty full for getting into a class. Well, can, can, you, still, can you still get? A, oh, sure. We we have lots of openings, and oh, especially okay. later on in the year, uh, we're always adding classes. People might be surprised. At, for example, we started in 2006 with 95 classes on the schedule, mm-hmm. and we just put class number 210 on the schedule the other day. Oh, my gosh. That's how many additional classes we do of these specialty classes like I was referring to. We'll mm-hmm. put, a, put together a class for a group, private tutorial instruction, things of this nature. So we just keep adding classes. Revolver classes? We don't, you know, we don't do a specific revolver class, but you can shoot a revolver. But if somebody wants to bring a revolver, you, you can train people in revolver. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And as we were saying earlier... There are many situations where a revolver is a really good option. You're exactly right. You know, it works uh, very, very well. I uh, particularly like these little slim uh, 38s with the uh, basically no hammer. Uh, I mean, that's Kodak mode, man. It's point and shoot. Great, great pocket gun. It really is. And when you get a good with a revolver, it's a work of art. You are beautiful when you're, you're doing you're your reload. You're manipulating it. You've got cartridges yeah. going in and the speed loaders it's and this. It's very yeah. sexy watching someone shoot uh, J- a revolver. I turned, I turned to Jane Ann on a couple of weeks ago. I joined one of the pistol classes shooting. I brought, brought one of my revolvers out and just joined the pistol class and was yeah. just having fun shooting my revolver. And she was down there watching. She said, oh, that looks so cool when you do that in the speed loader. And, the... <laughs> <laughs> and it is fun. It's all of this is serious stuff, but at the same time, this is really fun stuff. Mastering a craft, getting good at it, and a craft that's important. It's a life-saving skill, but the craft itself becomes just plain fun. You know, and I think anybody who's been here will tell you, you know, it's a fun place to go. The attitude is right. Uh, everybody's wearing a gun. You know, it, like I say, an armed society is a polite society. It's a cool deal. Um, I will go back to what I have said for years and years. It's the one thing I can tell people, and I would almost offer a money-back guarantee. This will change your life. And I've, I've thrown that out, and I've always asked people who've been, I said, you know, am I overstating this? I have never had anybody tell me I has, I've overstated it. They've all said, oh, yeah, I'm a different person now from when I went. It will change your life. It is Something that my boss is so secure in that he will tell people, if you take a class at Gunsight and you don't think you got your money's worth, I'll give it back to you. You're kidding. And and he lives by that. And you know what? No one's ever asked for it back. I can't imagine that you would. 
So, if you want to get training in shotguns, rifles, handguns, carbines, and rifles. Edge no weapons. Carbines, edge weapons. Hunting. Hunting. Uh, the hunting course is cool. I mean, that's, you know, when you can get a private tutorial, you can learn how to shoot elephants. We do wing shooting tutorials. Ah, now that's fairly new in the last few years. We're just mm-hmm. starting to do that, yes. Okay, that's kind of cool. Jane Ann, you're going to have to take that class. Because you, you need wing shooting classes. No, I know I do. You keep trying to shoot a shotgun like a rifle or a pistol, don't you? It's got a sight on Where's the end the... of it. I should use it. No, no, no. What you do is on a shotgun, you take a file and you knock that sight off the front all together. You should never see that thing at all, okay? We're going to get you into that class. You're going to get to the... or, or sometime I'll come out and I'll give you some instructions. Okay. I can teach you how to shoot a shotgun, okay? okay. Sounds like good. Ed, thank you so much for spending all your afternoon with us. This was great. I really appreciate it. Hey, uh, we're glad you're here. And uh, I just want to tell all your listeners, come to Gunsight. It's Adult Disneyland. You'll love it. Adult Disneyland. I like it. And if you want one of the free calendars, send her an email to Jane Ann. Just send it gunsight at gunsight.com. And they'll send you the calendar. And it has the pictures and the courses and the schedules. And the... it's a cool deal. It's a yes. cool deal. All right. Thank you so much, everybody. We're going to have fun this week. We're going to be shooting TV all week long here at Gunsight. Hey, everybody. Do yourself a favor. Do us a favor. Take somebody out shooting this week. Introduce them to this wonderful sport, and we'll see you next week on Gun Talk.